How's it going? So instead of sending a long text message out, I just wanted to send a voice note out just to see whether this works. Um, instead of sending like a massive broadcast of just text, I wanted to see whether this would be better, worse. Um, so just let me know if this works out. Um, yeah, so over the past like couple of days, actually over the past week, I've been receiving quite a bit of music, giving out a truckload of feedback via voice note as well. And it's given me like a good lay of the land. Um, I feel like I'm quite privileged, quite blessed to get music, not only from the radio and from TV, but also from up and coming artists. And I mean, I've gotten in the past week, I'm sure in excess of 80 tracks that I've listened through, given feedback and you know just given my opinion on. And it made me think of a situation that I was in, it was about two weeks ago, um, that really spoke to me. Um, I just want to share that situation with you. Uh, so the situation itself actually starts like when I was in grade nine, which was, must have been like 2004. Um, so essentially I needed glasses, right? I needed to start wearing glasses. So initially I was quite shy, whatever the case was, but I wore them now and again. As I moved towards grade 11, uh, this was 2006, um, the specialist, the eye specialist, the ophthalmologist diagnosed me with a condition called uh, keratoconus, right? So essentially what that means is my eye, my, uh, my corneas, the front parts of my eyes aren't rounded. Therefore, when light comes in or when the picture comes in, it doesn't come in correctly. So it shoots into the eye in a funny way and the picture gets distorted, right? Um, I was okay during my varsity time. It started to get a lot worse when I came to Joburg, 2013-14. Got really bad 2014. Anyway, 2015, I had a couple of procedures done, hundreds of thousands of rams um, invested in my eyes. Um, so now whenever I, I, I play soccer, I enjoy playing soccer um, uh, each week. So whenever I play soccer now, I have to have visors on, right? These goggle-looking, like, things. Um, so what happened was, I think it was about two weeks back, I was playing, was running down the line, had the ball, turned to shoot, and just before I shot, the guy, he clipped me from behind. He basically kicked me from behind. It was a free kick. I was hurt, not badly, but because of the nature of five aside, I'm able to come off the field and come back on. So I thought, let me just give it two seconds. Let me just give it a moment, uh, assess it on the side, and I, uh, I'll come back a bit later. So I went off, and I was standing there having a look at my ankle, just checking, just to see what's going on and whatnot. And a voice, a guy said, hey, Edgar, do you need ice? And I instinctively turned to him and said, no, I'm, I'm okay, thanks. Um, at that moment, I didn't think too much of that situation, but I, uh, like recently, it, it dawned on me how, how significant that moment um, was. Now, my name is not Edgar. Uh, for anybody that knows soccer, uh, or, or anybody that doesn't know soccer, just Google Edgar Davids. So it's E-G-D-A-R, um, uh, sorry, it's E-D-G-A-R. Um, Davids, uh, Davids is spelled like David, but with an S at the end. Um, Google that and you'll see a player who for the better part of his career wore um, uh, visors, like goggle-like things. He had glaucoma and he didn't need them for that long, but it became part of his brand and that's what he started doing. Even outside, of, even off the field, he would always have a set of something on his face. 
So um, that situation where the guy called out as though I was going to, as though I was supposed to know who he was, you know, just Edgar. He could have called me anything. He called me Edgar. And instinctively how I just looked to him and I was like, no, thank you. I could have said yes or no, but I reacted to the situation. That for me is an underlying thing of what legacy can do. Um, he was a Dutch, he was a Dutch captain uh, for a while, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, he played in the Dutch team, uh, black dude. He was um, a very good player, very influential, but his name lived on that much. Right. But it was because of how he was different to everybody else. And this is how a lot of my feedback went. I never said the story um, to any of the people that I gave feedback to, but I felt like I, I needed to at some point just to show people what the effect of having legacy is. This is how, this is why sometimes you'll turn on the radio and you'll be like, hey, I've heard that track before. I've heard that singer before. I've heard that rapper before. When in actual fact you haven't, it just sounds so similar to everything else that you've heard, right? So there's two main ways that I want to like talk about that um, will explain like how you can build legacy and how you can make it um, how you can make it so undeniably obvious that you are uh, a unique individual. The first thing I'd say is through building relationships. Now I don't want to get too much into that. I did a podcast this morning on different types of relationships if you have a soundcloud app you can just go there you go to uh, type in silas beats um i think it will pop up as silas beats leverage podcast or something like that hit that and then the very latest episode episode 11 of the second season it should be right at the top have a listen to that uh, maybe while you're doing your dishes or cleaning the house whatever it is you're at work and you've got you've got a spare moment on lunch whatever just have a listen through it and you'll see my feeling on relationships and why they're so important. That why someone like Youngster or Nasty C or Casper have such engaged fans that you know for a fact that 10 years from now, people are still going to be saying that name. They might not be the, they might not be the biggest, but people are still going to be saying their name because they have had the opportunity to uh, be a part of that relationship building that they did. The second, the second um, aspect for building legacy, and this starts with the producer right at the beginning, is from, uh, from sound selection. And what I know with music producers is we share our sounds. I'm not saying don't share your sounds, but we share our sounds. And through sharing our sounds, what ends up happening is you've got everybody has the 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 the, the boy wonder sound kit or the metro booming sound kit. And we're all using Nexus. We're all trying to use Omnisphere now. Everyone's trying to use Purity and all of these effects and sound and sound like what they hear, and in that way create more of the same. Right. By the time it gets to the artist, the artist is also trying to look for something fresh, but they can't find anything that's fresh that's good because everything sounds the same. And then what ends up happening is over and above that, now the artist also starts to rap the same. They have the very same ad libs. The, the thing that made me laugh is how many people started using the Sha Sha ad-lib after Casper used it in his track. Things like that for me, and it was actually a lot. There were a lot of tracks that I was receiving that had that as an ad-lib. And I was like, what the hell? You know, this is straight up, you've taken something from someone and you've placed it here. You haven't done a rendition of it. You haven't changed it at all. You literally did the very same thing that they did. 
And if you look at any of the greats, I mean, if you let's take production, for example, if you look at Pharrell versus Dre versus Timberland versus Kanye versus any one from that era, their sounds were all very different, but because they all learned in very different ways from NERD to NWA to Timberland and his situation with uh, Timberlake and Nelly Furtado, and you look at Kanye and his situation and his sampling and all of that, and you see how they all cultivated their sound. They were all they all learned in such a different way that they were bound to sound different. Nowadays, everybody just opens up FL Studio, loads up the very same sound kits, and makes beats in the very same way. In the same way, people write lyrics in the very same way. People sing in the very same way. Auto-tune is auto-tune. It can, might catch your voice differently, but it's still auto-tune. So at the end of the day, you're left with a very generic sounding piece of music, even if you do actually sound different. You end up, you end up sounding, even, even though you might think you sound different, it actually ends up sounding a lot uh, uh, very close to everything else that's out there. So essentially, what you need to do if you want to be a lasting fixture in the game that lasts longer than a year or longer than six months, you actually need to invest time in making that switch. I have thrown out most of my song kits um, and I've started creating my own. I'm going for VSTs that people don't usually use. I go to forums and I check, oh, everyone's using this, 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 and this, and that. I try not to go there. And what I've also tried to do is I've tried to mangle my sounds. I've tried to distort them and change them up so that they don't sound different. Anyone that follows me on social media, I've seen, I've just been taking random things and just bashing them together in front of the mic and hoping and praying that it sounds different to everything else. But through doing that, I'm creating a different sound for myself. Eventually, it will, might, maybe it will work, maybe it won't work, but I believe that to build true legacy, you need to do a lot more of that than um, copying the status quo. So... Yeah, that's essentially it. Um, yeah, that's that's my message. My message for the week. Thanks.